1: believe people I mean they have these cams in their homes and they just they leave them on what 24-7 right there were rumors of a secret society an underground cult its founding member was Alan Tashi he lived in Collingswood in the mid-1800s I'm not sure when the neighbors discovered the bodies of nine girls in a well on his property. When the townspeople found out about it, they surrounded his house, but he had barricaded himself inside. They knocked the doors down and they searched all the rooms, but they couldn't find him anywhere. They did find one thing, though up in the attic. <laughs>
0: And welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pekovich, and this is episode number 381. Out now on Blu-ray and on Amazon Prime is the Collinswood story, the influential 2002 indie horror cult classic that tells the story of a young couple in a long-distance relationship who, through the use of a webcam, investigate a historic ritual murder-suicide that brings forth a dark force upon their lives a highly influential work that left its mark on films such as Paranormal Activity, Wreck, and many others. The Collinswood Story expertly blends the then-emerging digital world with a chilling tale of horror in the suburbs. And joining me now to talk about the making and legacy of The Collinswood Story is the film's writer and director, Michael Costanza. Michael, I thank you so very much for talking to me today.
1: Thank you, Matt, and I just want to thank you very much for having me here. I'm honoured well, no, absolutely. It's so great to be able to talk to you. I was just saying
0: to you off that this is the first time I actually got a chance to watch a comic book story. Um, and it's so fascinating to me watching this movie because it was like initially released back in 2002. You had festival runs after that, different releases here at sporadic kind of stuff. Um, but now you've gone back. You have a new kind of like a printout. It's like a digital kind of um, uh, recreation of the film. Um, uh, on Blu-ray, and on the Blu-ray, you got like you know commentary, etc., and things like that, and it's on Amazon Prime as well. Um, I'm I'm curious, Dale. I mean, what's it like to go back to this movie and go through it all and add all these new kind of uh, flourishes and, and and commentary to it? What was it like for you as the, as the author of this movie? You, you know, it was a
1: really interesting experience. At times, it felt like a, a strange deja vu because the film was made, my God, almost, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, But, you know, for a little, like a a micro budget film, I always believed in the concept Mm. and, you know, despite it being such a, a a micro budget um, the, the genre community, the horror community really got behind the film uh, during its initial release, which was great and, and sometimes that you know, doesn't really happen. That usually happens with the studio release films, but this was just an independent uh, film. So fast forward to today, um, when suddenly I, I received an email from Diabolic DVD, and they said, "Hey, do you still have the rights to the Collinswood story? We'd love to do a Blu-ray. So I, you know, I was very excited. And especially because, um, (laughs) you know, with with a Blu-ray, of course, Blu-rays have been out forever, but I never had the chance really to do a commentary, or or speak on so many different levels about how the film was made and working, you know, with the cast and um, getting the film out there. So um, it's it's. I'm I'm really happy with with um and and now too with Amazon with it getting um even wider exposure with Prime Video. Um I actually couldn't be happier. It is it is a little weird though because I mean I made it so long ago and for for it to take this long I'm just grateful in any case that it happened. <laughs> so I just want to go back
0: to that time especially in regards to what was happening in the industry, especially with horror movies. So a few years prior to Collins' Story, you had Blair Witch. And I kind of...
1: Which I loved, which I absolutely loved. And the directors just, and the cast, everything. It made such an impact on me. And sorry to interrupt, but I'm just... that The film had such, obviously, an impact. And then the chance to meet with Ed Sanchez, one of the directors. And we still talked, uh, you know, uh, today was was just incredible but but
0: well, what I think is really interesting about that movie especially and in just horror movies in general is that horror filmmakers usually do start off in the indie realm um you look at any pretty much horror filmmaker and they all start off making small movies and they have to rely on their on innovation and resourcefulness. And that's something that Blair Witch really did as well. It wasn't the first found footage movie, but the way that it went about and did so, especially with the marketing, was something really, really terrific. And all Absolutely. of a sudden, filmmakers had like this kind of template to make horror films and they were even more resourceful for it. So when you were approaching Collieswood Story, was the idea first to make a found footage film and then the webcam kind of aspect of it came later or was it the
1: other way around? Um, i i think it was the found footage idea first because they it it almost was it, three things kind of combined i was very inspired by blair witch um webcams had just come out so i i had just got one and you know having you know video cameras and or super great cameras even in high school to play with the webcam to me because it could record video I was like this is like a video camera hmm. I'm going to I'm going to be mobile with this you know I'm not just going to attach it to the top of your you know the computer like everyone had to do back then or you know attach it to the top of your laptop you know before cameras were built in um so I um I was just very inspired inspired by that way of um trying to make this into storytelling um and and then strangely enough too i the shaker the prop the halloween shaker yep that appears in the film that was actually a gift from my mother she got that in maine and kind of sent it to me for halloween to kind of freak me out which it did so i was like whoa i gotta combine like a uh, found footage this shaker this new technology with the you know so all three of them kind of merged together and that's what kind of had me um just inspired to write the Collinswood story. What
0: about the software in film Deco Video Prime is was that a real software at the time is that something you just
1: made up No yeah, no, that's something that that I just I came up with that name and, and then, of course, made sure there wasn't something really in existence with that name. And then a friend and I just actually did that in Photoshop. We just made some, oh, my God, and that was probably one of the first versions of Photoshop also. Mm. <laughs> and
0: the interesting thing about that is that, you know, throughout the history of, of horror films, you have, like, there are tech, the. Filmmakers do use kind of like new tech in, in, in horror films, sometimes like really well. So the screen movies, for example, the telephone is like yes. a big aspect in that absolutely man. Right. And then you have like cult films like Video Dream and Demons. They they do have screens in that film, like the screen, the TV, the screen the in the screen, kind yes. of like this portion Video drama, and another thing. Yes. Yeah, yes. especially that one. But screens in this aspect of what you have in your movie do when it came to trying to get that on film, you have your cameras, your, your actors talking to the camera, very kind of Johnny from Demi kind of, kind of way of doing it, kind of talking at the camera, but they're talking to one another. How did yes. you pull that off? Do you have your actor on the other side of the camera? Do you have them talking to you? And then the, the you do sc- um, uh, scenes with the other actor in another room. How do you kind of pull off the communication aspect between the two?
1: Exactly. And, you know, that was the challenge. And I have, you know, I have to say that, when I was making the film, and I was worried, I'm like, "My God, what if this concept doesn't work?" And that's why um, I was happy with the Blu-ray because so many people said, "Were was this just shot live? You know, was it improv?" And like, no, everything was rehearsed. Um, they the actors, and when you see these behind the scenes photo, even when I look at it now, like today, 20 years later, I'm amazed. The actors are talking to a high eight camera. Mm-hmm. So they were very anxious. They're like, but Mike, wait, where, where am I? Am I looking into the lens? Am I looking? But I said, "Now, just imagine, you know, the camera, you're, you're looking at this camera. This is, this, this is your computer screen. So you're going to need to look down a little bit, look up a little bit, and then look directly into the lens. So then in the editing kind of it, I, I actually would read the lines of the other characters. So let's say if it was Rebecca, they're talking to the camera I would be behind, I would be behind the 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 Hyatt camera, reading the lines of the other characters. So in the editing, I would cut out my, you know, my voice and insert the other actor's voice. Right. So they were basically just acting to a Hyatt camera. But we did several rehearsals. Some actors like to rehearse some some don't, which you know, but I, I like to rehearse because I like everyone on the same page. And they like to rehearse too, which is great. So this way, um, their intensities would match if they were, you know, if they had a high level or a low level, it it wouldn't be all over the place. So um, that's what I think maintained a, a, you you know, with the leads, a a solid performance, uh, basically for a very experimental idea.
0: The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra-high definition at home, and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on Us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. How did you find um, Stephanie and Johnny to be in these movies? I mean, Stephanie Dees, who plays the role of Rebecca, she has some notoriety because when she was rather young she was in Halloween four, I'm pretty sure it was. Absolutely. Yes.
1: She's dressed up as a penguin and she chases um the Jamie Lloyd character. Right. (laughs) Well yeah, which is a great little scene. Um I just I just held auditions. I put a um advertisement in um like the one of the backstage magazines. And when her headshot you know came in, I was like, oh I I want to meet with her. And I just knew from her from her first improv uh during the audition that I wanted to cast her. So Did, that, that's
0: either, I did either Stephanie or Johnny have any experience with web webcaming at all prior to this film? No.
1: <laughs> no, that that's the funny thing too, because they, they were both like what is like what is a webcam? Like what you know, I just they so no they didn't.
0: <laughs> the thing that's cool about the Collinswood story, and going back to what I'm talking about technology in films it's one thing to kind of use you know different technological advances as a part of your story but you need to have the story right the story has to be there to kind of draw people in and this one in, in Collinsville store has a really kind of compelling story the, the background of it in regards to uh, a mass murder um, in this place in New Jersey or Collinsville New Jersey and kind of like links to the occult etc cetera. Um, is it true that the there was an actual real mass murder? I'm not sure if it was in Collingswood, but like that was actually kind of like the
1: inspiration for the the um, the story itself. There, it, it wasn't a mass murder. I, I kind of in, embellished that, but there in in the Collingswood Library, there is a book um, uh, actually called Collingswood, just Collingswood story, and I was reading about in the 1800s there was a house on lee's lane that was the scene of a uh, murder and then uh arson so i i just embellished that story but there there is um that actually did happen in that
0: house in lee's lane is that the one that you feature in the movie that we um, that the rebecca character
1: kind of uh past fast now and then Yes that house actually was not on Lee's Lane. That house um, I always liked um, and I, I actually um, used that film in a horror film I, I made in high school. so I kind of repeated that. you know it's it's interesting
0: how it seems like I think it's more in the US than here in Australia. It seems like especially back in the 70s and 80s maybe perhaps in the 90s as well, there always seems to be that one house. In every suburb <laughs> that everyone yeah. thinks is the haunted
1: house. Right? Do you remember having a place like that when you were a kid? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And that house was, that house always it creeped me out. So, when it comes course, Not many people saw my film that I made in, in high school, of course. So I thought, oh, they won't know that it's the same house.
0: When it comes to the cult itself in the movie, there's references to the cult being from France and right. kind of imported to America. You know, I'm a bit of a kind of a cult kind of guy. I, I like to, to read up on I watch the documentaries. Was yes. that that cult at all influenced by the order of the solar temple, which was like a, a cult that was in France
1: and Canada and, and that had ties to yeah. like rituals and mass murders and such? Exactly. You know, it's loosely based on that because that's how I feel cults work. They are they're they're not just limited to just an, an area. They're worldwide, so I, uh, you know, I. Uh, that's why I touched upon just different areas where there there was the same cult activity.
0: So as as you look back on the movie and you do your commentary on on the film, is there are there moments in the making of that film that kind of like that you probably would have forgotten over the years that kind of came back to you with the memories from that moment of making that film. That kind of speaks to you now as an older man, nineteen years after the fact, after making that movie.
1: Well, you know, I I, I did because what for the um, Blu-ray release, I redigitized all the footage, so I I had a chance to see some of the all, yeah were, were all of the original footage unedited, and I just it it made me wonder why I wonder why I chose this take over um, this take. But um, overall, I mean, I if, you know, today I, I would have done things, you know, you know, certain scenes different and pace wise, of course. <laughs> um, but I I still think it shows a strength in concept and in um, the acting. I was just very fortunate to work with very good actors because they. Um, you know, once they got into the concept and understood the concept, then they were in it 100%. And, you know, as an indie filmmaker, you know, back then that's more than you can ask for. So...
0: As the years went on after Collinswood story came out, you had movies. I mentioned in my production panel, my Activity wreck. There are scenes in your movie that I see almost directly, you know shot again in different films as you're yes. watching these films what is your reaction to kind of like this new genre of filmmaking that you essentially brought back to the fore I mean I can't think of any other films that kind of like use that technology in the way that you utilized in Collinswood's story is that are you looking at it with sour grapes are you looking at it with pride what's your reaction to these other films after the fact
1: um you know, after sometimes- the movie came out yeah, Matt, sometimes it's it's kind of a, a mixed bag because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I tried to pitch this concept back in the day, um, but, you know, at that time, the studios just were like, nobody uses webcams, nobody mm. video chats, nobody, you know, um, but again there were people that did believe in it. And they're like, you got to stick with this film and, you know, keep pushing it. And the online horror community at that time really got under it. There was what's like called dread central that, um, really liked the film and, um, would, you know, write about it and, um, helped, um, put it on the map, which was, which was amazing. Um, but, you know, that happens so much in in, in Hollywood or I, I think in any creative field, you know, they, you know, they take something and kind of run with it, you know, so.
0: When you watch this film again and you've re-released it now on Blu-ray and you know, on Amazon Prime, any feelings whatsoever to want to return to Collinswood? Any feelings at all to maybe continue the story of Rebecca and go back into this world, especially now that uh, you can maybe mess around with different technologies. I know, for example, that you work with um, with virtual reality now, don't you, you ever thought about yes.
1: trying to yes. maybe pitch Collingwood as kind of like a virtual reality vehicle in any way? Yes. You know, uh, Matt, I, I did even as, when I finished writing the script for Collingswood, um, I did start a, a, you know, a sequel, a, a part two to it. And over the years, I always kind of added to it. So because there is so much to explore with Rebecca, uh, with the psychic, and you know, Alan Tashi, and his name is actually an anagram. So that all was going to come out into the sequel. But recently, yes, I have been um, actually three years ago, I started some VR projects and um, hope to continue with that as well.
0: Well, that sounds really exciting. Hopefully we do see some more of that uh, Collinswood stuff, uh, especially what you do with VR. But in the meantime, people are out there can check out the Collingswood story now on Blu-ray, now on Amazon Prime. It really is a movie ahead of its time, Michael, and uh, it's, it stands up so very well as well. The performances stand up, the story does. Um, you know, even though the technology itself um, is dated, the use of it okay. is still very kind of uh, <laughs> relevant and, um, And I think it's just really terrific. And and look at us now. We're talking through Zoom. So, you know, you're very much a a prophet in many, many ways as well in regards to how we go about doing things. Um, And and Michael, if you wanted to uh, let people know about your stuff online, where can people find your work and and find out more about the Collinswood
1: story? Uh, Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, The Blu-ray is available from um, Cauldron Films and Diabolic DVD. Which is on Amazon, and I think most most of the retailers. And then um, it's also the film is also available on on Prime if they want to check that out. And then um, some of my VR work, um, you can just uh, there's links on my website, mikecastanza.com.
0: Excellent. And for people out there, Halloween's not far off. I can really recommend this movie as a good Halloween uh, treat, a really good Halloween movie. Um, I think it's a a chilling story, very well done, great indie filmmaking here, and so great to see that the Collingford story has been given uh, a resurrection and uh, if people out there can see it and understand the importance of the film. And uh, Michael Costanza, I thank you so very much for your time today. Um, Best of luck with the re-release. And, um, and look, if you ever have any more projects coming now, any more films, so hit me up. I'd love to talk to you again.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate um, talking with you here. That was really great of you. Thank you.